I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Off to kind of a rocky start uh, for 2021. I'm pretty sure that's obvious. The whole world, is, the whole world knows. Um, most of America is typically, uh, seems to be embarrassed, uh, rightfully so. But we're not going to start with that. We're not going to start with that. Just going to lay out the sort of groundwork here, what we're working with, all right? So we got kind of a new thing going on. I'm starting to be a little bit more consistent with the podcast, uh, which is pretty awesome, over at debatespot.net. I am on Acast, which is a website where the where you can host podcasts, um, and I'm trying to get the podcast on Spotify. And, of course, that being a prerequisite, I have to be on Acast, which is, which is fine. Working title, funny story, we have, uh, it is just me tonight, uh, for now, in case any of the other crew wants to join. Of course, they're more than welcome to at any time. But it was very, uh, very interesting. I was, uh, just doing what I was normally doing, you know, randomly going on the computer. One thing I've noticed a lot recently is I'm, throughout the week, I've been less on the computer. I blame that on the new (laughs) TV that we have. Uh, so I'm more readily and keen on watching some shows with my wife. Um, so that's, that's, that's good. Um, yeah, I'm noticing I'm on the, uh, computer a lot less during the week. Uh, spur of the moment I got inspired to go and do some stuff for the podcast. I just thought to myself, you know, how could I reach a better audience with my podcast? I obviously already recorded on Twitch, um, which allows for some excellent, you know, interaction with the audience which i'm really thankful for you know we're we're up to 102 followers on twitch which is just insane and you know that was a i would say i would say it's a relatively short journey kind of have been streaming a little bit more regularly uh since maybe i would say about six months so uh, 103 102 followers in six months you know that isn't that isn't bad in my opinion but, uh, you know, I was thinking to myself, you know, I like, I like podcasting. I think it's an excellent format. It is more, um, more helpful for those that are in the car. So, I mean, I listen to podcasts. So it's, I'm pretty sure people who listen to podcasts typically make podcasts because they kind of have appreciation for the format. They realize that it's a great format. And it's oftentimes, most people are commuting. I, perhaps not now. During COVID times, not many people commuting a lot of people working from home, so maybe I'm, I'm curious to see if there are any hardcore uh, podcast listeners out there who uh, really stick by it, you know what I mean? And like really just even during their time at home, listen to a podcast. I'm not one of those people. I do really enjoy the the drive to and from work or anywhere I go listening to a podcast. Uh, personally, if I had to recommend you a podcast, it'd probably be Star Talk Radio with Neil deGrasse Tyson. And they don't really focus, of course, the focus is sort of uh, astrophysics, um, you know, but they do have uh, sports editions of the show where you have uh, people, professional athletes coming in and talking about uh, really interesting topics uh, regarding sports. 
it's just a good time. So I recommend a Star Talk Radio for those that enjoy science. And uh, I feel like uh, Star Talk Radio is a really good and ingestible way of taking that stuff in. Actually, what I was talking about, I was in the living room and I go to my computer uh, thinking, I want to get my podcast on Spotify. I want to get my podcast on Spotify. So I went and just went down the rabbit hole of <laughs> went down the rabbit hole of trying to look into that to see what you actually need to do uh, to get your podcasts on Spotify. Um, so you, of course you need to have they have like a it's not the right word I don't think but an affiliation with certain websites and stuff that allow you to automatically upload your content to Spotify because they don't allow you to automatically upload to Spotify. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure the same thing is true for like music. So they'll have people upload music to say a SoundCloud account and then link that SoundCloud account to the Spotify. I think. Uh, I'm not too terribly sure. Uh that might be how it goes, but you know, I looked into that and I, I'm using Acast now, um which is pretty cool so far. Uh we do have a um I did con- get in contact with a uh, friend of mine who is very good at graphical design, in my opinion. Um, he is AJ over in the Discord. Uh, he has his own Twitch channel. Um, so go check him out. Um, very good, very talented graphical designer. If you are a part of the Discord, you probably saw the design for the podcast cover. However, uh, it will be noted that the podcast, which is, was originally going to be called down the rabbit hole. Um, turns out there are dozens of podcasts named down the rabbit hole. So that uh, was immediately disappointing. And we had a whole cover made and everything. It was glorious. Uh, we could probably show that here. Um, if I really wanted to, we'll probably show that at some point. Um, of course, if you are listening on the podcast, you probably won't go to see it. But if you're part of the Discord, you definitely will be able to. Um yeah, made a brilliant, it was a really stylish, um, you know, simple design that was uh, satisfying to look at. It had a uh, a portion of the, it was all black and white, okay, so there's no color. It was a, that's why I think it was a very simple and like sort of a modern design, very elegant. Um, and it had a sort of silhouette, a white silhouette of a rabbit diving down a hole. And that hole, there was like a galaxy. I thought that was really cool. But now the new title, or the working title as it is now, is Quantum Consumer Podcast. Quantum Consumer Podcast um, will probably just be, you know, abbreviated or something like that. Uh, or initial is, it'll become an initialism uh, compared to an abbreviation. Abbreviations are dis- different. Um, so, yeah, it'll probably be a... That'll probably be the new title. I was thinking about a uh, sort of cover for that. Um, because you know this podcast typically st- stems around uh, STEM, so science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Um, but there's also, of course, culture and society and current news and stuff like that. So I think I thought quantum consumer was a good option, seeing as how you know uh, quantum mechanics. Uh, I guess you can say the podcast is almost in a state of superposition you don't really know what's going to uh happen <laughs> so until it happens 
because that's why I was so bummed out to see so many people have the same title. I mean, it's a great title. It's a great title uh, down the rabbit hole, in my opinion. I mean, it's it's probably the best podcast title in the world, um, especially for podcasts that don't really hover around a certain thing. It's really easy to have that title and say, you know, down the rabbit hole with blah, 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 blah. But the current working title for the podcast is going to be Quantum Cons- Quantum Consumer Quantum Consumer Podcast. Pretty excited. I think it's a decent name. I'm um, not too uh, bothered by it. I think it has a nice ring to it. Kind of really jumps off the tongue. Doesn't really like slide. Like Quantum Consumer. A lot of k-, k sounds in there. But uh, yeah, um, so hopefully... Uh, it's just interesting how uh, the thing works. Usually, so like with Acast, for example, when I uploaded the... Um, the podcast to it, it was very simple. It was straightforward. Um, pretty much just made an account, configured a few things, and uploaded. Uh, however, Spotify seems to be a little more secure and a little bit more vetted, I guess. You have to be vetted in or, you know, screened in. So it's up to Spotify, actually, to allow your podcast to be on there. Um, I don't know if it's going to take me multiple tries, but... um you know, we'll see. Uh, we can only wait and see. Um, but during this whole time, I, I like this whole organic feel. I want to uh, share the process, I guess. I want to show you um, the beginning stages of this podcast. And then if you're with us long enough, you'll see how far it comes and where it goes. I also have some, you know, intro music and outro music, which is Really cool. It's automatically, I mean, the whole pro- system that ACAST uses. It's you upload the intro music separately and you upload the outro music separately. And uh, you literally just upload the audio file of your podcast and you don't add the music yourself because ACAST does that for you. And I think that is brilliant. Uh, saves a bit of time and uh, a little, makes it a little bit easier for me to output some stuff. Uh, but I do have my coffee. I do have some coffee with me. Take a drink there real quick. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's where, this is where we're starting at. We're starting at um, kind of ground zero. The podcast has kind of gone on for a little bit um, in the past. It has. I want to really drastically improve the quality. I want the quality to be 100% there. I want the audio quality to be good. I want the whole thing, right? So before my... I guess I guess you could say level of care in the whole matter would be I would take the audio I would basically it wasn't really a podcast it never was really a purely audio format there was always some visual component I just called it a podcast but you know I would just take the the video from the stream and download it and then upload it to YouTube and say Bob you know there you go there's your uh, there's your podcast but now I'm taking it a slightly, slightly sl- more serious. I'm taking it to another level. I want to. I'm just doing audio formats for the podcast. The video, the visual portions will still be there because as it is, it is captured live on Twitch. Um, so there's that aspect of it, and I don't want that really to be lost. So all of the content from the Twitch will be downloaded and then uploaded to YouTube. Um, probably edited and abridged maybe a little bit um 
and hopes matching up with um the audio format i have i'm thinking of a way right now of how i can do that it's probably really easy but uh it'll just take some it's a process i'm sort of developing my format uh for this podcast as we speak um but i'm really excited for it i think it's gonna be great we're gonna have guests on just just like many of the previous um guests on the podcast um there will be more and we'll have various topics um how the podcast will work won't really change at all um it'll always be you know the guests coming in having a topic that they want to talk about and us just going from there um and just going how just seeing where it goes but uh you know enough about the podcast bit we're gonna start diving a little bit deeper into what's going on um 2020 um really wasn't the best year as i'm pretty sure everyone is as everyone was the sound is cutting in and out let's see why probably nvidia broadcast I don't know why the sound will be cutting in and out. Um, if my microphone's going out, this is going to be a bummer. Uh, I doubt it, though. Uh, looks good on my end. I don't see where we're having issues. Uh, for those of you that aren't on the live stream, it is the viewers that are letting me know what's going on with it. So I can sort of see... I think I know the issue. Uh, probably some filters are doing stupid things. Uh, let's just turn off the noise gates and noise suppression. So a bit hot in the office. Um, that should solve the issue. I think it was having to do with the noise uh, filters that I have on the um, mic here. I just turned off the noise suppression. Uh, and compressor, so now the noise gate is just on. But yes, um, we have a lot of things going on in the world right now. Uh, most notably, uh, and most recently, the um, breach of the Capitol. Uh, breach sounds... Breach sounds a little bit ridiculous, in my opinion. Um... As in the a breach sounds more or less like a I suppose a breach fix fits a little bit well because thinking about it, we have the them going into the capital, you know, people running out um. It was a protest. Um, that's it was a protest. I can't say that it was a a riot. Um, they broke down some barricades. That's true. Um, I don't think there was any notable damage to the actual building itself. Um. But 
what is known is that uh, these people were, yeah, all over the news. It is uh, rioters and rioters and rioters. Um, but it's kind of aggravating um, that it wasn't said that for the the protesters um, that were all over the country uh, who were destroying cities and stuff like that. But we, I understand that it's it's really everything is political now. Um, so everything's political and everything's always going to be political. Uh, the coronavirus is political. Um, everything that could be remotely used to hurt a, another party will be used to hurt another party. It's, it's, it's literally one of those things that is tragic, but 100% true. So this is no different. It's going to be, um, political. Uh, people are shouting and ranting and raving that were pro-Trump supporters um, saying that it was incited by him, um, which is, I guess, questionable as far as um, the, 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 his speech that he gave a couple blocks away um, and how that could be postulated or, or, pertur- or uh, construed as go storm the Capitol, which you would have to read pretty deep into the things because I've seen the speech. Um, and he did call for those people to leave uh, peacefully. So he did say, go home. Like, go home. And go home in peace. He said that. Um, and uh, I've seen a couple videos uh, floating around social media of people, you know, showing the video, uh, especially on Twitter, because it was uploaded from uh, Trump's Twitter account, of him saying to go home peacefully, and uh, people being unable to like it. Um, and it, um, Twitter popping up saying that we are not allowing you to like this because it would allow more people to see this and it goes against our, you know, users terms, uh, of services and stuff like that, which is very, um, incredible to me. Um, I thought the idea would be for that message to go out farther but it's 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 it shows really really clearly how political twitter is twitter is not a is not a place for quote unquote social um or speech freedom of speech it's not at all i mean frankly as we are looking at it now uh any social media is not the place for that anywhere uh you can't have opinions about something and if you do they better be the right opinions otherwise you'll get you know shut down um i take no side along the political spectrum um because both are relatively terrible um both have their flaws um and both have priorities that are skewed completely out of place and they funnel their energies into the wrong areas that would otherwise be way useful elsewhere. Um, and also, please let me know if the uh, audio is still cutting out. But looking at it as we have it. Now, what, what, what exactly do we think? Because it lasted a day. It lasted a day. And everyone was ranting and raving and screaming at the top of their lungs that it was a coup. Okay? It was not a coup at all. 
Okay, otherwise they'd still be in that building. They would still be in that building. They would still be there, preventing people from going in. They would be trying to uh, put forward demands to the country and and stuff like that. It wasn't a coup. It was a protest. They were showing a point, and the point, whatever their point was, I don't even think anybody interviewed them. Like They just assumed that it was because of the election. Now, sure, please, grant me this. I am going off of uh, very little um, looking into because I've seen all the articles, I've seen the news, and they don't know either. It is all postulation. They, I have not seen a single interview with a single one of those people. It is all postulation. None of it has been confirmed at all. Okay, but people are... People are thinking that it is. People are thinking, going around, saying, oh, yes, no, these are these people, and this is why they did it. You know, without actually asking anybody. They see a pro-Trump flag and immediately think that, oh, because the news had been saying this for, you know, so long, that he was going to be, you know, he was, quote-unquote, going to stage a coup, and he was going to, you know, take over the, keep his presidency, you know, that this is what this means. This is what this is. And it was just it it was just primed. It was primed and ready to go uh before this happened. Um I think it's a shame because in my mind, or if I were there, it would be a protest for Congress. Um just recently, uh we had Congressman um Congressman Michael I forget his name because it just it's just actually aggravating. Michael Let's see here. Two thousand stimulus denied by who? None other than He, he the man that sounds like he is constantly talking with like 40 pounds of wool in his mouth that's like how i differentiate him between other people he sounds like he he is talking and he just has like a whole pack of 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 you know of like cotton balls in his mouth that's what it sounds like and mitch mcconnell uh mitch mcconnell is the one that denied it now this is the most intriguing thing to me. Um, we have here Senate Republicans, led by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, have opposed a larger two thousand dollar checks as too costly and poorly targeted. Um, Democrats are supportive of them direct payments and now plan to vote on the two thousand dollar check proposal on Monday. House Republicans are expected to block the vote, but Democrats may try again Monday. Um, I'm just baffled that it was, it just came down to somebody saying no, and then entirety of Congress is like, oh, well, we tried. You know, it, it, it seemed very lackluster in their attempts to get this passed. Um, but if you look at the bill that was sent out, is it a bill? The stimulus bill that was passed 
and you see the millions and millions of dollars being sent outside of the country, it is baffling. It is mind-blowing. It, it makes no sense why we are sending money to another country for their gender studies. It doesn't make sense. It literally does not make sense. What is that code for something? Is that a title used to hide something else? Don't know. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just postulating ideas here. I'm not a conspiracy theorist in the in that I do not thoroughly believe in these. I'm not I'm not convinced that is the truth. But these are thoughts that I have of why that could possibly be a thing. And if we go ahead and look at the data uh for that You know, we can go ahead and look at the uh, stimulus bill. Uh, we can kind of see exactly what is going on with it. So it's $900 billion stimulus. Okay, so it's $900 billion, um, you know, it, it's crazy. And then you have the $900 billion stimulus package, which stimulus in the term stimulus is meant to stimulate something. It should be stimulating our economy and its citizens and our people. But it's not. Um, which is just mind-blowing. Um you have $900 billion, okay? Um, and you have $166 billion, okay, out of that 900 going in the form of direct deposit checks, okay? Um, and that's with the $600, okay? So that's $600 to us, and that's amounting to $166 billion. Um, we also have $120 billion in extra unemployment help. Um, this is, of course, from Politico.com. Uh, so jobless workers will get an extra you know, $300 per week in federal cash through March 14th. Um, okay, cool. So there's a little bit extra money to unemployment, um, probably causing more stress to the system uh, with the sheer mass of people that are going to file. Uh, we see a $325 billion uh, small business boost. Uh, so small business, uh, or pandemic, as they put it, ravaged small businesses, would see a total of $325 billion, including $284 billion in loans to the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, $20 billion for businesses in low-income communities, and $15 billion for struggling live venues, movie theaters, and museums. A majority priority for minority leader Chuck Schumer. The small business aid is only expected to cover less than three months of payroll costs. However, will while many employers don't expect to resume normal operations for more than six months. Okay, so is it enough? I'm not an economist uh, in that regard, um, so I don't know. But as far as the stimulus check itself, um, as what we're paying to its citizens, it is ridiculous. Um, just ridiculous. 
uh, $45 billion in transportation aid. So that is including, uh, you know, $15 billion to airlines to maintain their payrolls. So there's not a huge mass of uh, layoffs. $14 billion for mass transit. Uh, $10 billion for state highways. $2 billion for airports. And $1 billion for Amtrak. Okay. We also have food and farmer assistance uh, going on. The year-end package includes $13 billion to bolster food stamp benefits by 15%. Uh, although it doesn't expand SNAP eligibility, farmers and ranchers will also see another $13 billion round of direct payments to help cover pandemic-induced losses. Um, okay. Um... I've been looking for some more intriguing bits. We also have infusion for schools and childcare. Um, so they're going to give uh, $82 billion total for colleges and universities. Um, it's more more than $4, $4 billion for a government's governor's relief fund, more than $54 billion for public K-12 schools, and nearly $23 billion for a higher education fund. Separately, the child care sector will receive about $10 billion in emergency cash. Now, I have to keep in mind that this is statewide. These are statewide numbers that these are going out to. Um, can't even do the math right now. Can't even do that in your head, calculating how much each, uh, how much each you know, school would get in that situation. Um pay boost for troops. The omnibus portion of the year-end package includes 3% military pay raise and also preserves a 1% pay raise for federal civilian employees next year. Um, we have... That was kind of a summary of the... the stimulus there. Um, again, I'm not a... You know, I'm not a economist, but I can tell you what, $2,000 could probably go a long way with helping people right now. Uh, 600 as many people jokingly had said, is just enough to buy a gun, uh, which is 100% true. Um, it definitely is. Um, so it's, it's sort of, you know, the... People have also said that you give $600 to a... Uh, 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 you know, a, a, a millionaire and they, you know, make that number times 10 in the next couple years. Right. Um, but you give that to a poor person and it feeds them for a week. Okay. Well, so you're saying that give money to a person that needs the money and they'll use it give it to a person that doesn't need it, and they'll make more money out of it. Okay, cool. Astute observation. Thank you for that. Harvard uh, should be in your email shortly with their scholarship plan. Um, it's, 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 it's tough. It's, the whole thing has been tough on a lot of people, and to see Congress drop the ball so many times on everything is kind of really, really disappointing. Um, and we, we're seeing more people kind of become aware. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing people become more aware of this. Um, 
which in my mind, of course, not fact. It is not fact, just like how we cannot say that, you know, it was a coup for the storming of the Capitol building. We cannot say that it was because Trump told them, uh, because if you heard the speech, nothing was said about storming the Capitol building, none of that. Um, From what I could postulate, apparently we can't read things at face value. Um, Everyone has to make a a situation in their head or, like, run with the words and then, you know, uh, comes out with this huge, horrible situation. Um, but, you know, um, in my mind, I would hope, this is a hope, this is not a fact, this is not a truth, I did not hear this anywhere, in my mind, in my personal life, I would be protesting against the cap- the Capitol building because of Congress. Congress is failing the people. Congress is failing people. A local state governor is having people outside his house for a couple of days. I think that is over now. That was, I think, the beginning of the week. Um, people were outside uh, Washington State's governor's house, uh, and people were saying they were pro- pro-Trump supporters. We're, you know, we're... Everyone who is doing this is now uh, a pro-Trump supporter, um, which is intriguing. Uh, or they could just be protesting. They weren't violent. They were just standing outside his house. Um, you know, they could just be protesting the lockdowns and the restrictions, the businesses that are going under, the immense fines that he is putting upon, um, businesses for trying to stay afloat. Um, it is, we are no longer in an area of time where we haven't been for a while where your personal actions have consequences. So it's not up to you as an individual, as an adult human, you do not have the choice to go out, okay? You don't um, anymore because the government is now making that decision for you. You can't go out. You cannot assume your own risk, okay? Personally, at this stage of the game, at this stage of the game that we've been fighting for over a year now, um, I think it is well reasonable for things to open back up, Okay? keeping these same guidelines, lowering the maximum capacity of buildings or restaurants, I think is completely acceptable, completely doable, completely reasonable. Keeping masks just for the hell of it provides some security to the sheeple, even though studies have shown that they're minimally effective. But then again, effectiveness is still good, right? So it's not to discredit the masks, okay? But the whole idea of them being super effective is a falsehood, uh, which is something to be aware of, right? So these are these are the things that you must take in when you are considering your risk in this situation, in this magical scenario where adult citizens are given their freedom of choice again. Do I want to go to Denny's right now? Huh, let's see. Okay, so we have they have all the restri- they they have all the guidelines right. They're doing all the guideline stuff. Um, you know, I'm able to I can I wear my mask, so I'm not walking by people and flinging my you know bacteria or germs on them. Okay, check. Um, so when I sit down, I remove my mask. They have those plastic dividers up above the seats. Okay, cool. Um. The building's at 25% capacity, so we can space people out amongst the different tables. They're not allowing, you know, 
two different households to sit at the same table, no more than six people at a table, okay? Now, do I as an individual, as an adult human with rights, want to go out to eat at Denny's today? And I would hope, right? I hope that that would be the case, but it's not. It's not. It's just, no, these buildings have to stay closed, but the huge buildings like Costco, major supermarkets are able to stay open. Okay, so when that first started, people were outside, you know, using their clickers and keeping track of how many people went in and out. I haven't seen that at uh, Walmart recently. I haven't seen it. Where'd the people counting the people going in go? Uh, last time I checked, those uh, those guidelines were still in effect. There could only be a certain capacity. Uh, but now you have hundreds of people inside a warehouse um, just walking around, touching the same you know, things, uh, you have the workers, you know, fondling your, uh, goods as they scan them on the scanner to put them in your cart. They're doing that. Um, and then you take them home, right? But what is the difference there? Why, why is it that we cannot have, which by the way, uh, I think a restaurant is typically more sanitary than a, a shopping market, in my opinion. Um, even before coronavirus, uh, if they are following, you know, FDA regulations, <laughs> they should be more sterile. Um, people should be wearing masks and gloves. Um, but that's not the case. We don't have that now. We have small businesses crumbling to the ground. They are just absolutely failing. We have some small businesses trying to stay afloat, at least in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know where you are. Um, I'm sure it's a similar deal there. Um, if I had to guess, you have businesses crumbling, and then you have these large, crazy, huge, uh, you know, pe- places that can afford to implement those new systems of online delivery or, um, you know, uh, delivery people. Okay, and you do have things like you know, uh, DoorDash or something like that. Those delivery services, Uber Eats, whatever you want to call it. You do have those services, and they have a very large selection uh, across the board, but these small businesses that actually matter, Taco Bell is not going to go under because of this. Of course not. It's all over the, well, pretty sure it's all over across the United States, at least the West Coast. You know, so that's not going to go under. That's not in danger, right? But those, that small mom-and-pop shop down the street, for some reason, is unacceptable, right? Um. I don't even think they're afford the possibility of takeout at this point. Uh, sometimes that is beyond their reach. They simply can't. It's in order to develop that infrastructure, you need money and they are out of it, right? You cannot possibly foresee a situation like this where the entire country is shut down and your business is told that it cannot open and ceases your income. Right, you can't foresee that, so we can't blame them. And be like, well, they should have thought about that. No, you, no one saw this coming at all. Okay, so blaming the the small businesses for not developing delivery systems is just beyond dumb. Okay, it's this issue has been, which I'm starting to hate the word, unprecedented, because it is so overused and it's just such a buzzword now that anytime someone uses the word unprecedented everyone loses their mind like oh my god 
I love that word. That's such a good word. It's 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 one of my favorites. Every time I see an article, it just it literally could just say unprecedented, and I would click on it. Anyway, uh, but you know, I think that small businesses are just those businesses. They're small for a reason. I don't think they really have the necess- they don't necessarily have the volume of customers that would, you know, require them, you know, you know what I mean, they don't have the volume of customers to become big. That or they're choosing to and of course it's their choice. But restricting these small businesses and watching them go under and the governors sitting atop their their you know, civic duty chairs, civic duty thrones, um, and watching them crumble is a real is a real sad thing. And I think those people were outside uh, Governor Inslee's house, basically trying to speak their mind and say, "This is ridiculous." Um, in fact, let me go see if I can't pull up a photo or anything like that. Uh, Governor Inslee, people outside house. Um. Yeah, we see it's 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 crazy. One Washington to another sensing the rising at our state. Just listening here. show you what is left after that event a padlock on the gate folks were able to get through now our governor calling this an attempt at intimidation earlier in the day we got a chance to speak with law enforcement as well as one of the protesters on exactly what happened here behind me it's a very astute observation governor Inslee seeing as how you let uh, people take over an entire block of Seattle um I don't know if that is also qualified as a form of intimidation, but in my book it is. <laughs> Entering the governor's mansion grounds is illegal and is dangerous. So yeah, we're it's I didn't see a single sign in this video. Oh wait. Oh wait. I do. Okay, I did see a flag or two, uh, a Trump flag. This is my point. People are trying to say, this is ridiculous. Stop. Okay, it's, it should be, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, if you're in Washington, uh, trust me, alcohol is coming later. <laughs> alcohol is coming later. Um, but if it's kind of, um, it's, one of those, it's one of those things that uh, I, don't, I don't understand why, why we can't open. We are literally watching we are watching small businesses go down. Governors are doing this all over, and it's unfortunately uh, I do not have Bailey's right now. I would have because, um, you know, I don't have it. It's at the old place. Um, but it's it's kind of horse crap because if you think about it, how tragic would it be if you spent all of your money, all of your investment into this business, and then some disease sweeps by, and the big honcho at the top says, nay, nay, you have to close your doors. 
But Taco Bell being the multi-million dollars corporation that it is, has delivery. It's already on DoorDash, right? Because it's so big. If you're so big that you're on DoorDash, you're not a small business, right? If you are on DoorDash, you're not a small business. So it's, it's, it's funny to me. It's funny. I have this coffee here as a boost to keep me awake. Um, you would like to clean my room? Would you like to unpack as well? <laughs> I don't know who this is, but I feel like they know me. Hmm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. But you know, we're, it's, it's just, it's just a wild time right now. It's a wild time. And then we have, um, just, just apparent bullcrap all the way around. It's just the stupidest shit people complain about. I think people love to complain the most. If it's an unsung hobby amongst people is to complain. They literally, I think they go about their day. They have a little journal and they write down something that annoyed them for a little bit, even like a little second. And they go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complain about this, the, the, the next person I see. Uh, could be relative, could, could not be. It could just be some random person that said hi, and they'd be like, oh my god, you would not believe today. And it's, it's, it's one of those things that just drives your, just grinds my gears. It just grinds my gears. They're, they're called negative Nancys, I suppose. You know, the people that always seem to find the worst possible things in uh, life. Um... But, you know, as far as things going on now, okay, I have no idea what your situation is. If you're listening later when the podcast uh, goes out there, um, we're kind of all in this together, uh, at least all the civilians and citizens of the United States of America. Uh, the government doesn't seem to really be in it with us. Otherwise, they'd be helping us more, um, <laughs> which is obviously evident, seeing as how we have come this far. Um and we get 600 bucks. Here you go. Here's your little here's your little breath mint. Go back uh go back home. But it's coping. I think coping mechanisms is something that is also helpful for many people, especially in these uh in these really stressful times. A lot of people um pr you pray for them. Uh if you don't believe 
in that sort of thing, more power to you, you know, than just have have them in your thoughts, I suppose. Um, but the coping, I think coping mechanisms are sort of the uh, greatest tools that somebody can have in life, um, especially, especially, you know, now. Um, people should have thick skins. Um, I've known, I know many people from New York and they all have thick skins. Uh, it's just how you're growing, how you grew up. A lot of people from New England. Uh, so they all have thick skins because that's just how they roll, you know? So cope. Okay. Find somebody to talk to. There's plenty of resources out there that don't charge you a dime for you to talk to somebody. Okay. Uh, join the Discord. You'll find people on there that will talk to you. Um, I'm sure of it. Uh, if not, I will. But it's it's sort of hunt the good stuff, right? Hunt the good stuff. Find something about today that was good, right? I woke up this morning. I felt horrible, <laughs> right? Because I I still I was still left to sleep, but I woke up, right? But I woke up. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for today. So every day is not guaranteed, folks. Every day is not guaranteed. So I woke up today, right? You know, I was a little bit late to work, right? But I made it, right? <laughs> it's better to make it there than not. You know, something kind of really went wrong. You know, if you have a flat tire, hey, just be glad you didn't crash, right? You know, tire pops on a highway. It's a little violent. Oh, a little, play a little tug of war there with your with your with your uh, car. So hunting the good stuff, I think, is perhaps the most important skill somebody could have. But we've been going for an hour now. And I think we're going to uh, take a moment here. We're going to uh, look at chat here for a second, because uh, this is, of course, recorded live and then posted later. Um, the podcast, at least, is the audio format is posted later. Um, but of course I do it on Twitch because I love the audience interaction. Um, so people in chat, I see we have some activity. Thank you all so much for joining us. Um, if there is a topic that you would like to discuss or a question, please go ahead and put it in the chat right now. Um, uh, seeing as how it's been a while since I've sort of updated people on the, uh, podcast and what it's about, uh, the working title, if you were not here in the beginning of the episode, was uh, Quantum Consumer Podcast, uh, seeing as how Dan the, Down the Rabbit Hole was taken by about 12 other podcasts. Uh, so we have to rework the cover title um, and the cover uh, photo uh, for that reason. But, uh, you know, we we try, we try. The, the Quantum Consumer Podcast is a place where you can go uh, to gain some knowledge uh, or perhaps spread some knowledge to uh, the people and uh, its viewers, um, which I think is the most valuable thing in the world. Knowledge uh, is great. However, it does not replace money, folks. Um, I'm sorry to say it, but that whole sweet old uh, saying goes, you know, knowledge uh, is more valuable than money. However, I cannot tell somebody a fact and purchase a car with it. So... Alas, if you have the knowledge to make more money, you should probably do that. Um, however, I think that's a cheap way of saying that's what the saying was meaning. But uh, you know, you live in the you you 
life is life, and we just keep on going. It's um, it's one of those things um, that I find to be most awesome. I think talking to people and learning from people is perhaps one of the most coolest things that you can do, uh, especially if you're bored. If you're bored, um, it's it's good fun. So, yes, if you're in the chat, go ahead and put in a topic, a question. Um, of course, if you hear the title Quantum uh, Consumer, it's more than likely it's, it's science-oriented. Um, so... Here we are. I'm going to fix the title here. Now, the good thing about um, about doing this this way is if you're watching live, you have a unadulterated, unfiltered view of how the podcast went, right? Um, because I do edit snippets of the um, podcast. Um in the audio format, so uh, it kind of is a little bit more cleaner, has a little bit more of a flow, if you can uh, imagine that. But um, we, I think we have fun. We have fun. Tonight is a uh, lonesome night. We don't have guests at the moment. Um, oh, yes, yes, that is a good point. That is a very good point. Uh, one of the chats... Uh, one of the people in the chat says, how scientifically stupid some of the new Disney remakes are and how they don't follow the original storyline. Uh, that is in reference to Mulan. The new Mulan is the uh, worst Disney remake, I think. Um, it is awful. It is just awful. It's terrible. Um, now, you can know, you know, you can tell a bad movie by watching just 10 minutes of it, folks. Okay, you don't have to watch the whole thing to form a conclusive opinion that a movie is bad, okay? It's it's just wrong. You can form... A, you People form opinions about things quite fast, okay? It doesn't take long, uh, especially with this movie. Um, now, unfortunately, um, I will tell you, the live viewers here, that you I'm not going to be able to show any visuals as it is probably heavily copyrighted, and Disney is very good at copywriting things and striking people down for it. So we're going to avoid uh, having a peek or playing clips. I suggest that you go watch it for yourself, um, but I will be talking about the first 10 minutes of the film, okay? Uh, there isn't really spoilers. There isn't, okay? Um, they are not important to the story at all. They are not important to this turnout of the story, at all. It is just things that they have changed or have added or have just absolutely butchered. Okay, so here we are uh, talking about Mulan. Oh, yes, yes. Very good. Very good, very good. Very smooth. I think it's uh, smoother than my cognac I have. My nice good stuff. Um, much smoother. But, uh, Yes, we're going to be talking about uh, Mulan. Okay, Mulan was a train wreck of a 
movie just in the first 10 minutes. Um, so this is where we have story time. Okay, we're going to start describing stuff. And you guys are going to uh, envision it in your mind, okay? So everyone knows the uh, classic Disney movie Mulan, okay? Um, I'm talking about, like, you know, the awesome, you know, the super awesome cartoon version um, that was very good. It had some ex- excellent writing, okay? Uh, people uh, have said, you know, it's only good because you were a kid. No, if you rewatch it, it's a very good movie because of the writing. Back then, Disney actually took time and did a really good job writing their stories and writing out things, okay? They did an excellent job in those movies, okay? You had great character arcs. You had great interactions. You just had great great action in the movies as well. Um, where, where everything uh, with the new Mulan was lost, um, in the worst kind of sauce you can ever imagine, it fell flat on so many levels, and um, it's abysmal. It really is, okay? So we first start with being introduced to Mulan and her father, uh, or at least this is kind of like where we start off at. So we start off as Mulan, relatively young, maybe around the age of 10-ish, um, and she inadvertently uh, seems to already have mastered kung fu or a martial art of some sort, okay? Um, also, she has chi, uh, because we had to add that to this movie for for no reason, <laughs> it seems. But they added that to the movie, uh, which in my opinion is really really dumb it's dumb does literally nothing for the story uh in fact it makes it almost less impressive for mulan to do the things that she does because this is just something that inadvertently she has apparently um which is bad writing and we'll talk about more about the bad writing in a second here um she ends up chasing a chicken as every 10 year old does and all this while, she's holding the staff, her little bow staff, which is like a long wooden rod, essentially. And she's chasing this, chasing this chicken um, around, like, her village or something. And she goes onto the roof, um, you know, where chickens go. And also, this chicken has the most craziest hops I've ever seen because it jumps a two-story building, it seems, I think. It ends up on a two-story building, this chicken. And she's climbing up there, and she's chasing it. Uh, well, she slips um, on the roof, and she falls down, but through her awesome magical chi powers, she catches herself with her staff and drops down. Her dad says, oh, you did that because you have chi. I couldn't, you couldn't get any more abysmal than that as far as writing goes. It was uninteresting. The They relied so heavily on the visuals, on the jumpiness and the stunts that the story could be completely lacking as from a writing standpoint okay so if you like to watch movies purely for the visuals then you'll probably like mulan you'll probably like the new live action remake okay but if you want to see the story of mulan that was a that was the original mulan story from the cartoon disney then you will not like this movie if that is what you're expecting okay um then you're not going to get it, okay? And that's what I was thinking. I thought, oh, well, Disney remake, you know, they're going to remake it just in live action. So we'll have the same characters, we'll have the same story, 
and it'll be cool because it's live action and we have modern, you know, 21st century technology that allow us to do this, but completely wasted. And we'll go over the more details of the productions and stuff like that. Um, so she does this, um, and as a side point and why it's so bad for writing, um, what made Mulan special in the original or the, you know, the, the original Mulan, the cartoon version is she was just a normal person. She had a little bit of skills. I remember seeing her do some stuff with her, uh, with a staff or a stick, uh, in the old film. Uh, she did a little bit, but she didn't catch herself falling from a building. Okay. Um, she was cool. Okay. However, she got even cooler when she, um, we followed her story. We followed her as her character developed and she went from normal girl in a village to a badass soldier who essentially defeated the Hun. That is called a character arc. That is where they, where the character goes and comes down. And it is awesome with the cartoon. She becomes a badass without having to have any special chi powers. We follow her on her journey where she learns the stuff that she learns when she goes to join the military and goes to the camp and they have that awesome song that everyone knows, let's get down to business. Make a man out of you, I mean. That's not the title of the song. It's Make a Man Out of You, I think. Um, they have that great song that everyone knows, and if you're born before, probably, you know, if you're born around 1999, you'll probably scream the song at the top of your lungs whenever you hear it, right? We, have missed, we must take a swig. But no, okay? So they got rid of all the songs, by the way. So if you're expecting songs and cool shit like the Beauty and the Beast, you're not going to get it at all okay so don't expect songs also don't expect mushu as a side little tangent don't expect mushu we'll talk about that in a second here which is bullshit but um you know that's what made mulan so interesting and why she became a hero is because she started as a relatively normal girl in a village and was inspired by her own kindness and her fear for her father to join the military in his place and become a soldier. And we follow her on that journey and we see her grow and learn and save the her group of men so many times. Okay? That is good writing. That was the character arc we needed. Okay? However, in the new Mulan, and as a writing you know, tip for those aspiring writers out there, if you have someone who's already a badass, okay, and you have them do badass things, it's not badass, okay? For serious people, okay, I don't mean to sound pretentious at all, okay, but for the audience that is more aware and will observe things at the story, at the writing level, uh, I'm an amateur writer, so that's why I pick those things apart, okay? it's It stands out to me a little bit. But... If you want to have a character have a badass moment, it needs to be unannounced. It needs to be unexpected. As in, you either need to start them from nothing and you build them up and then they do something badass as the sort of mini climax of that sequence of their of their story. 
right? For example, when Mulan, uh, you know, saved people as the Hun were charging down a snowy mountain towards their group of people, which would have been completely wiped out. But she thought quickly and used the rocket to cause an avalanche, which saved their, her entire group of people. Okay. That is a badass moment. That is a moment where we can be like, wow, that's amazing. She saved those people and she, it was the development behind it. But no, for Mulan, the live action, she just automatically has this chi, which helps her uh, do awesome, cool things already, which, um, you know, is so unsatisfying that it's not even funny. Um, changes to the story um, as far as what we have so far. We have um, Mulan having a sister. I do not think Mulan had a sister in the original. Um, also, I would like to point out, as I'm typing this into Google, it is a, a very common um, thing that people are searching up. Uh, but we can have just the top results from radiotimes.com. Not even clicking on the link that says, the live-action movie added a sister to give Mulan another reason to sign up. So the sister doesn't actually feature that much. Okay. So why why add why add her in? What was the issue with her wanting to save her father? But now we have to save her sister who really wasn't in danger. Her father was hurt. Her father was hurt, and that's why he couldn't go and fight because he would have died. And the original he had he was coughing a lot, probably had some sort of uh disease. Um and that's why she did that. It doesn't make sense to do it for her sister when her sister wasn't in any imminent danger of having to go to war. It doesn't make sense. It's like, oh, it's it's Disney, Disney, Pixar, Illuminated Pictures does the same thing where they, just for example, the movie Sing, tried to, there was no main character. They tried to slam so many different archetypes of characters in there to grab as many audience members at, as possible and just have them be like oh yeah I can relate to that character the pig for example that had like 13 kids was meant to grab the attention of moms like oh she understands she understands what it's like to have kids I can feel that sometimes I just want to sing and I just can't because there's a bunch of kids like <laughs> sing is also another terrible movie that just capitalizes on flashy flashy lights and colors and trying to grab people with a concept like singing oh well these animals are gonna sing your uh your favorite songs so yeah come to the movie theaters watch it watch it with us and mulan is falling victim to that okay mulan has abysmal character writing or as far as story writing okay so they messed that up um with Mulan having a sister makes no no reasonable sense from a storytelling point. Um, it was supposed... In fact, having her be an only child in doing this makes her kind of more of a badass. It makes her more of a brave person because she is is now the only person 
that'll do it. I mean, her sister is younger than her uh, in the live-action remake. But I suppose it's sort of... I guess it could add to the badassness, but um, it doesn't because the sister is not of an age where it would matter for her to go instead of her younger sister, if you know what I mean. Like, if if she had an older sister, if Mulan had an older sister, and the younger sister went, you know, it would be more impressive. It would be more brave than, you know, otherwise. But you have a younger sister who is in the first couple scenes and then disappears for the rest of the movie until, I'm sure, the end where she's like, I'm back, and she's like, oh my god, I missed you. You know, that whole thing. It's... doesn't make sense. Okay. They took away Mushu to add... A sister. Great job, Disney. Great job. You really are pushing forward this whole Disney remake stuff, uh, really making people want to watch it. They also sort of really changed the appearance. Not, I don't want to say appearance, but they messed up the dad, okay? The dad from the movie had a just a leg injury it seems i think he might have coughed once or twice but it wasn't that big of a deal he just coughed and then the main focus was on his leg and the main focus was on his leg because you can tell from cinematography and that certain scene where they were focusing on his leg (laughs) it literally is so spoon-fed to the audience it is almost too safe it does not draw any sort of thought um which is what makes in my opinion, it makes movies interesting. It makes movies interesting when the when it makes you think, right? It makes you take in information and without the audience without the movie telling you what's going on it makes you think. For example, in the old movie, there was no direct uh dialogue that I could remember of about the conversation about his sickness or his injuries, okay? Uh, which seemed to be much more serious than a hurt leg in the live-action remake. Um, But there was no direct conversation. It was just him doing it and the mother reacting, right? And not some sort of really stupid bullshit of, oh, my God, your cough, your sickness is getting worse. Yes, wife, it is. Note this down, audience. This is very important. None of that stuff, right? It was mysterious like oh what's wrong with the dad oh why is she doing this okay it's that kind of level of for a kids movie it is it had much more of a complex writing style and delivery of the story than the live action remake like (laughs) hands down like it's it was and that is completely relevant to a certain scene that i'll be talking about next um, the scene where we get introduced to the villain of the movie, okay? Uh, in the old cartoon version, uh, we had the Hun, which is a well-known, um, people, uh, who, uh, you know, had some, had some little quarrels with China, um, and in this story, uh, you know, we're kind of a thing. We're a real thing. Um, okay, I just want to start saying the year that Mulan was released, which is 1998 Mulan. So I'll be referring to that as 1998 Mulan. But, um, you know, they have this scene 
um, it takes you to the Silk Road in northwest China. Um, and there's a fort there, like a little settlement, essentially, but it's walled up like a fort, okay? Um, and you are looking around, and we see horses, a small group of horses, charging at the fort, okay? It's a desert, by the way, because I imagine that would be easier to film in. Um, and they're charging at the fort, okay? Cool. And then, the most, the, the literal lamest dialogue, in my opinion, and why Mulan 1998 is so much better, is because the guards go something along the lines of, Oh no, it's the Rorins. Close the gates. I wonder who the bad guy is. Huh. I wonder what their name is. Oh, shit. No, there it is. The Rorins. Well, most of our answers are... Most of our questions are answered now. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, I have to do no thinking. It's great. Um, And they get closer to the fort. Um, You know, the bad guys seem so spooky and scary. Um, Especially when, you know, they launch a volley of arrows at the uh, the Rorins as they're coming in and the the bad guy just catches the arrow. Just catches the arrow. I'm imagining because it's dependent on this new system of chi that they had to add. Um, because they had to. Um, and dark magic. Uh, because that was a necessity. Uh, and that was what was lacking uh, from the previous version. Um, and uh, And they get closer to the fort and they just start what I can only describe as ninja running up the wall of the fort. They just start running up it like it's a, like it's just a part of a track and they just scale it. Nothing else needed. Why? 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 Oh, I know the reason because they substituted good writing and good storytelling with shitty, shitty stunt work that looks like garbage and does nothing to support the story. Does It's abysmal. It just is a shitty and cheap way of making people scared of, of, of the villain. It's cheap. It's bad writing. And it's, it's bad. It is bad. It's so dull. It's so boring that it just, it's just meh, okay? Whereas the introduction for the enemy or the villain in the 1998 Mulan was beautiful. It was fantastic. You have this scene where you have the hawk flying over the Great Wall of China. It's nighttime, and we see grappling hooks, okay, shoot over the wall. See people scaling the wall, climbing on top, stabbing people, arming them, killing them. Some shit happens, okay? And then we get introduced to what appears to be the main valiant in a really cool way, right? Spooky, spooky, sneaky, sneaky. And then a beacon is lit. And the guard says, now all of China knows you're here. And the villain says, perfect. And cut to the next scene. 
that is good writing. That is how you introduce a villain without literally giving away every single thing there is to know about that villain. Didn't tell any names, didn't tell any details. They didn't go, oh no, the Rorans, the Hun are on the walls. The Huns are on the Great Wall of China. Oh no. Hurry, light the beacon. So it's an emergency signal for the rest of China. Nothing like that. It was relying on your ability to watch something, collect context, and deduce what something might be. I.e., okay, that's probably the bad guy. Now I'm going to keep watching because I want to know what the bad guy is. They just scaled the Great Wall of China, took out all the guards, and almost took out the guard that liked the beacon. Realistically, without having to rely on some kooky magic shit like chi and crazy stunty martial arts that are just for show and flashy. Why is it that a children's movie had much more advanced writing and storytelling than a modern 21st century movie? Because they're not trying. They're not trying to make an interesting story. They were, they're relying 100% on set design, on visuals, on everything else that goes into a movie other than storytelling and writing. Okay, that's it. That's what they're relying on. And that should be bad. That should be shunned. It, we, we should expect more. We should expect more quality from the movies that we watch. Truly. Um, it's, it isn't too much to ask. I mean, we, they can do it. They literally just chose not to. Okay. Now, those are pretty much the... That's pretty much where I stopped watching. That's about 10 minutes in. Just abysmal. It's horrible. Um, as far as where we get introduced to the villain. And at that point, I was just like, this is, this is dumb. And I think I got a little bit farther than that. Uh, but I won't tell you that part. Uh, because after that point, it's just like, why? Like, why? It's so stupid. But anyway. Um... We are falling short of the, I think the bar is too low. Ever since, you know, uh, movie technology has gotten better, CGI, um, you know, camera quality got better and our viewing experience got better, uh, visual experience got better, that they could rely heavily on those things and not care about storytelling or dialogue or writing and how to do things, Okay. Um, we had Beauty and the Beast, okay, and we're about to we're about to talk about why they cut out Mushu and their excuse. It's an excuse. It's not a reason. It's a one hundred percent excuse. Um, as to why they couldn't add Mushu. Um, and this 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 uh this here article, which I've seen just seen for the first time. Uh, it's a cultural reason Disney's Mulan remake got rid of Mushu. Um, so this very well might change my mind. Uh, collecting more information is a part about growing as a person. Um, so we shall see. Um, the reason Disney excised a walking, talking dragon psychic in the upcoming live-action remake of Mulan 
has been revealed, and it has everything to do with China, the largest theatrical film market in the world, and very obvious target of Disney's financial ambitions. So, uh, first reason I see is because Disney is targeting China for financial reasons. Um, the big story Wednesday, but Mulan, everything from the coronavirus is okay. So, it's a woman's story that has been told for centuries but never by women, and we felt like it was really time to tell that story, said screenwriter Amanda Silver. Okay, and we also have this one. It says, uh, illustrates a movie that, that not only worked to appease Chinese censors and taste, the filmmakers really revealed they moved a kiss between removed a kiss between Mulan and a love interest because they were told it doesn't feel right to the Chinese people, but also updated its story away from a family animated musical and into a real epic war drama. Okay, so it was for financial reasons, for satisfying a larger market. They want to use the... That's kind of aggravating. It didn't change my mind. They changed the... They use the word cultural reason um, in place of for financial reasons. We want to appease to the larger market. Um, that's why we did it. We did it for money. Um, let's just go ahead and take a quick gander at Mulan 2020. Um, earnings. Ooh. Yikes. That is... That is not good so apparently it didn't matter uh so this is interesting and i'm glad i looked this up so uh i was about to mention you know beauty and the beast having a budget of i think 140 to 160 million dollars estimated um this this movie had a budget of 200 million they didn't do too hot. Uh, their box office was seventy million. Uh, that could be accredited to box office or coronavirus. Um, I suppose, which makes a little bit more sense now. But. Um, let's see. Oh, it was actually filmed in a province of China. So Mulan grossed 5.9 million from nine countries in its international opening weekend, including 1.2 million in Thailand and 700,000 in Singapore, both of which were the highest debuts of 2020 in respective countries. It also made $800,000 in both the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia, in its second weekend, the film made $29.1 million from 17 countries, including $1.8 million in Russia, and finishing first in Ukraine, Hungary, Serbia, and South Africa. Through three weekends, the film had grossed $57 million internationally. The film made $23.2 million on its opening weekend in China. A low figure, but a 23% improvement upon Aladdin's debut the year before. So, they did that for to appease to a larger market, but still be, did terrible to that target mar market. So their theory seems to have collapsed. <laughs> Immediately, ju judging from the response or the box office totals here. 
uh, several factors, such as the film only receiving an official Chinese release date days before, uh, giving little chance to build a strong marketing campaign, the film's Disney Plus digital release resulting in pirated copies online, a lack of local press coverage due to the film being partially shot in the controversial Shenyang, um region of, and to avoid drawing attention to the political controversy surrounding the film, as well as the low reception from the fans on sites such as Moyon and Duban uh, were cited as contributing to the film's muted performance. Um, so they wanted to appease the Chinese market, but didn't market to them, is what that said. <laughs> and then we have the um, and then we have the critical responses. Uh, it was weighted average 66 out of 100 from 52 critics, uh, indicating generally favorable reviews. On Rotten Tomatoes, the film was has an approval rate of 73% based on reviews from 300 critics. So, uh, it's definitely doing better than I thought. I really think it should be lower, honestly. Um... But yeah, they bombed. They bombed. $200 million budget, $70 million failure. Um, so that article that was saying how it was all because we wanted to appease to a larger audience um, literally just got thrown off the, the rails there because of its performance. So their idea that the that Mushu, uh, getting rid of Mushu would have appeased the Chinese market was probably false. Also, we need to take in consideration the pirating, uh, the online pirating that goes on. So maybe, um, maybe that's a factor. Uh, because really, it did not perform. It didn't perform as they thought. They dumped twenty two hundred million dollars into the movie. Okay, now let's take a look at Beauty and the Beast. Um, which was released in 2017. Okay. Um, Beauty and the Beast 2017. Okay, from what it looks like here, off the bat, the budget is really large as far as what you want to select it as, but either way, it did really well because it had a budget of 160 to $255 million and box office made $1.264 billion. It did really well. And actually, the Rotten Tomatoes are 71%, and Metacritic, 65%. So it seems like the... Yeah, you have, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 73% for Mulan, and 71% for... Beauty and the Beast. But this movie did way better. Many people wanted to see it more. That could be a credit to better marketing. It could be a credit to them keeping the story the fucking same and not getting rid of characters or taking out music. You People don't like change. People don't like change. Okay, this is... You can ask anyone. They don't like change. So when you take a story that has been in people's lives since probably their childhood and change it and take it away 
you take the concept and you murder it like they do with Mulan, you underperform. And this is a critical case. And this is proving my point. Mulan bombed because people didn't want to see it. People didn't want to see it. But you have Beauty and the Beast, which has a lower score of 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. But they got over $1.2 billion. More people wanted to see it. Of course. Of course. I honestly think that it still wouldn't do that well even if coronavirus wasn't a thing. It wouldn't. It straight up wouldn't. They will look at the trailers and be like, this is 100% not what I expected. Because you can see from the trailers that everything, almost everything about the old movie, the 1998 version, is lost. And people saw that. And they didn't want to go see it. Okay. That is only my theory. A movie theory. But, um... Yeah, let's go ahead and go to another portion of the podcast here. Um, just a quick thank you for those uh, listening or watching. Um, it is, of course, available. Uh, the live version is available on Twitch when you wish to see it. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash theimmortal312. That is www.twitch.tv slash the immortal 312 uh, that's where you can see the show live uh, when we have guests also you can ask questions in the chat and we will also talk about them because the podcast remains a audience oriented uh, podcast but um, this is going to be the end of the show um, I appreciate you all for joining me probably will be on just a little bit later um, on twitch at least for some gameplay um Thank you all so much. Um, this has been Quantum Consumer Podcast. I'm Brandon from DebateSpot.net. Um, and as always, have a good one. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 